When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we just hang on. Well, I can't recall a time when I ever What's up, had guys? So Welcome to episode number 79 of the Always Race Day podcast. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. And today, as always, we are presented by the Carl Auto Group. If you've ever uh, done two podcasts, interviews before recording your own podcast on a Wednesday night in the state of Iowa and thought to yourself, man, I need to buy a new car. No, Damon? I don't know how the correlation works. Uh, well, I just did that. And I'm thinking that I need to buy a new car. Why? I Midlife crisis of I'm a podcaster now. If you're at a midlife crisis, then I don't want to know what's around the turn for me. Well, if you think I'm living past 55, I mean, you're well the optimistic review for Connor. I was going to give you at least 56. All right. That's all right. Well, then we got some time. We got a little bit more time. Uh, but anyways, if you need a car, go down to the car auto group. They'll get you checked out. Uh, they make it possible for us to do what we do. They keep every car as clean as possible. You will not have dirt in the interior of your car when you purchase one from the Carl Auto Group. Other dealerships, I can't speak from them. I can't. But sure. at, at Carl, they they will shoot it to you straight. They will get you taken care of, uh, clean, and what's the what's the something of a whistle? What's that saying? Clean as a whistle. That's the one. Boom. I think you need to let me stick to the sayings. What an ad read. Well, if, if I just, that's the only, how am I supposed to cue to you to say that? Well, nine times out of 10, I can understand when you piece together the seven words that are actually supposed to be in the riddle, but they're all jumbled up. It's kind of like playing Scrabble. All right. Well, hopefully the listeners think the same. Get out your notebook. We've, got, go. we've got some more to do. Write down your eight drivers that are going to make the uh, second round of the NASCAR play- or third round of the NASCAR playoffs. Mm. I don't mm. hope t- uh, Damon actually took out his notebook. I don't want to start with that, but we will get to that. Well, I got to I got to at least write them down because I'm going to forget otherwise. No, that's that's fine. But we'll we'll write them down in a bit. 
because uh, I want you to write mine down. But Travis Pastrana is going to test in NHRA top fuel car on Monday at ZMAX Dragway with Alex Laughlin. Don't know who Alex is, but he seems like a good guy. Hold on. There's a picture of him here. He's sponsored by Hot Wheels. Love him. Love him already. Hot Wheels and Haviland. I love that. Oh, hell yeah. He is a uh, Alex Laughlin's a cool dude. He's one of those guys that'll get in any race car um, that goes fast and he'll, he'll drive it. By the end of the year, I want to have an NHRA guy that isn't Ron Caps, and I want Ron on again. But I want another uh, NHRA guy on, and or a monster truck driver. Okay. All right. I've reached out to Jim Kohler on Instagram three times. He has yet to click into my message, and I think it's because he doesn't know how to get there. <laughs> I can't imagine the Monster Jam Avenger monster truck instagram account gets too many message requests yeah i I guess that's not the username it's his it's his name it's jim kohler's name but i'm like one of the few people on earth that know that even though he's the greatest driver of all time yeah you're you're kind of few and far between on that one pal he's on my mount rushmore i'll put it that way i i know we did that (laughs) We did your Mount Rushmore. I think, I think mine failed significantly compared to yours. Yeah, it did. I'm not saying it was mine because it was mine. I think if it was anybody else's against yours, you would have lost. In different ways, sure. If they're allowed to just pick four IndyCar guys, yeah, they got me beat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did put a monster truck guy on there. You talk about diversity of courses. Yeah, well. Where you, how many NASCAR tracks have two jumps? None. Actually, Iowa Speedway. Iowa Speedway. Track. That's the one, right? And the Indy Road Course. Okay. <laughs> All right. There we go. See? I love we, this already. And here I thought we had a shortage of things to talk about. Well... It never seems like that with you. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask, we, we're going to have another podcast meeting on the podcast. Uh, do you want to do one next Tuesday after I get home from Ames and just rip the World of Allies video game all day? Is that when that comes out? Yeah, we can do it like during, we can do it during the high limit race or we can do it afterwards. Um, ooh, next Tuesday is a bad day, actually. But it comes out Monday night at midnight. Yeah, next Tuesday is a bad day, actually. I just thought about that. What in terms of night schedule do you have? On Tuesday night? Yeah. Um, I'm at the school all night Tuesday night. Okay. What time do you have? Do you have to get up Wednesday? Uh, Yes. You're a real dickbag of a coach for having, like, such a harsh schedule. No, Tuesday is a a um, all-campus, all-school event at the soccer game we're having um basically they're bringing in like a bunch of food trucks are they trying to guarantee a sellout they're having a tailgate for for the soccer game essentially that's sweet though that is cool so uh gonna be given like free campus tours and things like that it'll be kind of fun nice you should you should totally just get a go-kart and drive around and lead the kids would be fantastic actually <laughs> just say this is this is the go-kart that comes with your dorm yeah this is what you get, get. 
this is what you get for signing your letter of intent. Yeah, you got to pay the premium fee. But no, no, NIL, NIL will cover yeah. that. We got, we got NIL for that. We can tax write off, right? Yeah, exactly. Should be able to. It's a business expense. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, we will figure something out. Um, we'll talk to uh, Gerlich and we'll talk to Chris and everybody and see if we can't get uh, someone to replace you. Otherwise, I might call upon you at like 1030. Okay. Do you know, you understand that when I get that game, I'm going to sit there and play it, right? Well, you understand you didn't do this with the NHRA game. I did. I got to my. I'm in my starting my sixth season. But I mean, you didn't just call. You didn't call emergency podcast because the NHRA game. I I didn't have the PS5 when it came out, Damon. How was I supposed to do it? Whose fault's that? Not mine. Was I supposed to come down to Missouri and deal with you? You didn't invite me. I I don't feel like this is my fault whatsoever. Oh, I absolutely is. I don't think so. Well, you're pissed about something you didn't invite me to. How can I not you're, like you? you're on the NHRA beat? I had to bring out the biggest NHRA news of the day, the second biggest of the. You didn't even give me a chance. And and now now I'm the bad guy for not playing a video game with you that came out two months ago that I didn't have the console to play it with you. You are the bad guy. Yes, I've texted you twice. What's your PS5 gamer tag? You have not responded once. You have not ever asked me that. I think I asked it to you last week. Check your text. Check your text I- right now. I can't. My phone's actually dead. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Well, you you're not going to believe me if I just say that I have it here. I'm not going to believe you because I did not see that text. If you did. What's yeah. your, what's it? 1022. Oh, shit. Here we go. Uh, Tuesday, September 13th, 1022 PM. What's your PSN stuff? Just bought a headset. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Like, I will send you the screenshot over Twitter if you want to look at it. I'll pull it up on my computer. Ten, what day? Tuesday, September 13th. That was a long and I, time I'm ago. sending you the screenshot. That was a long time ago. Yeah, eight days ago, I guess. Tuesday, September 13th. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not seeing it. Now, there is something with iPhones. It happens with my boyfriend's phone all the time where there's just like one text that doesn't end up sending for some reason. I don't have a text on. This could have, but check your your Twitter DMs because you'll see that it's sent on my phone. Yeah, I don't have a text from you. Hmm. Look at Apple trying to ruin perfectly good friendships podcasting relationships and businesses. I don't think there's a more anti-American company than Apple. Yeah, that text that you sent, I did not get that text. Yeah, that's, this that is what I'm talking about. This is now an attack on Apple. Chris Williams, you're under attack again. I know I'm joining the many lists, large list of haters for Chris. Yeah, you are. He yeah, loves he, he loves giving me crap on the Android thing. And it's just like, man, I tried well, to get Android's- Androids do suck. I tried to change once and wouldn't you know it, they gave me 150 bucks gift card. Yeah, Androids suck. So, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to uh, take my $150 and walk away adv- advantageous. But I 
I think Androids suck. I can look at my text on my computer with my phone being dead. So I, I can plug in an app on my computer that does the same thing. I just went away from doing that, so I didn't have to look at my text. That's an app. This is already here. That's sorry. That's like so stupid, though. It's like there's stuff that already does that, and they they like they poach that off as if it's like an advantage for you it's a it's a new trait of our phones it's a new upgrade and it's like no this this already existed you're right but it's still here it is here now but when you market it as new <laughs> to something that's already been a thing it's like what are we doing here i don't know debatable my phone takes crisp pictures it has portrait mode now so iphones can sit back on that one again um I'm glad you caught up with the times. Yeah, and usually when my phone needs upgraded, it doesn't get slower with the upgrade. So yeah. Goat me into buying a uh, a new phone, a new version of the phone. So. Well, you you always could. More money, more problems. We need to make more money so we can get on the top of the world with this stuff. All right. Now, how do we do that? I, Starts with the people listening right now. If we haven't bored you to death, <laughs> well, I think we did. I think they're tired of this. Oh, well, I don't need to say this then. But uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, dirt lane model driver uh, from the SLMR series, Kurt Schrader, uh, is coming on to talk uh, tires and whatnot. Uh, he's a big Iowa State fan, so I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of stuff with that as well. Um, I think I'm just I'm just going to talk about the video game a little bit more because uh, I'm so freaking excited for it. We'll go from there. We'll touch on NASCAR. We'll get to Kurt, uh, and we'll have ourselves a night, all right? But uh, I am just so freaking pumped, man. Like, finally a video game. I've only heard good things. I haven't watched uh, Jeff Fagliano, Favagiano. I hope that doesn't get f uh, flagged for whatever reason. But... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so apologies if I pronounced it wrong. Uh, I also feel like I get the pass on that word, don't you? No. You don't, you don't think so? If you were an Apple user, you would. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Look at Apple straight white man Damon gatekeeping my use of slurs. Hey. Go, that go against my kind. Um, hey, I mean... <laughs> If that's the hat you're putting on me, I guess I'll have to wear it. I got choice. <laughs> oh, I love this episode so far. <laughs> My goodness. Anyways, um, just what happens when when you start podcasting before I have? No, I I, I understand. Like I I'm before I have eaten dinner. This is what what you get. I'm on a different energy level, and I, I'm ready to talk about anything and everything. Uh, but yeah, basically. Awesome. This guy posted uh, career mode gameplay for like 50 minutes. I don't like looking at it because from other games I've played, like I, I feel like when I've looked at that stuff, like it, it ruins the surprise uh, in, in the allure to what I'm doing um, in experiencing it for the first time. Like that Monster Jam game I was telling you about, like the first time I played that and like drove into whatever the next world was and found out like they just like they basically designed the castle on Gravedigger and made it like a, a free roam map like that was nuts I was getting like goosebumps looking at it because I'm like eight-year-old me would think this was really cool so I want to 
keep it more level, but I've only heard good things about how it works and all that stuff. I just pre-ordered my gold edition about an hour and a half ago. So I'm pumped. Yeah. I haven't, uh, haven't looked a whole lot into it yet. Um, I did see it on the network the other day while I was just searching through. And so, uh, going to be excited to, to see it. I'm, I'm excited because it's another, uh, just another racing game that'll get on my console anyway. Um, so I'm excited for that and, uh, looking forward to looking forward to getting just another, I said, another racing game. That's, you know, people, people, hold on, but it's not just another racing game. Connor, it's another racing game when people don't understand. Here's the deal. The last time Iowa State was 4-0 was the year 2000. The last time the World of Outlaws had a game with a roster that performed well, the game itself, because I'm, I'm taking out the PS3 game that I ordered off eBay from Australia that was made in 2010 that never came to my house and I don't know how to request a refund on eBay. I will pay someone $20 to do it for me. I will give you my eBay username and password. I'm still ticked about that. But 2002 was the last, that was the marquee World of Allies game. And now you get every driver on the sprint car roster and every driver on the late model roster at the very least they got james mcfadden signed on the game finally added him to the roster so i'm happy about that um but i just think it's badass i think it's sweet i think it's the exposure you need in today's day and age now i hope it shows up on you know at stores and stuff like that that was the biggest disparaging thing for me because i've had i've had the ps3 since like whenever whatever year it came out or the year afterwards to like two months ago that was the only video game system i played or the sprint car game on the ps2 and that was all that i did so looking at like now going shopping for video games i'm like okay so they don't even have the new 2k here (laughs) they just they just have madden uh they have supercross and they have this off-brand monster truck game which i have played and it sucks compared to the monster jam sanctioned game i don't know why anyone tries to take on monster jam it's like taking on wwe and wrestling but you have far less chances of succeeding <laughs> this is how about that tangent how about that tangent i feel like such this a is just, i i might as well just sit here and and kick back and relax i have um, a lot to say well, i love video games i love video games as a kid and i'm like rediscovering my love for stuff and it's like the perfect like work break too i'll, I'll do like three stories and, and drive like a race on nascar here or like a couple events on monster jam and i'll go back to work and i'll feel like i just slept eight hours i don't know why i think there's like a way to describe your brain like that but mine just works in like weird ways well i uh i don't get that luxury so getting to play video games is few and far between anymore i have a proposition for you actually (laughs) i don't have time for this crap but i don't know i don't even know if i use the right word i've been doing this on three three podcasts in a row i brought up a word that i think is the correct one when i say it but when it comes out of my mouth uh it definitely is i think proposal was the word i was going for no proposition was right well, I just wasted your time for 30 seconds. But anyways, no, you've been you, never mind. 
So you guys, do you guys go to a bowling alley or do you have your own bowling alley on campus? No, we have to go to one. Okay. Is that where you practice and everything? Yes. What's the team funds look like? Uh, well, all of it is cashed in so we can go to Vegas. Okay. Gotcha. Um, here's the other thing. Is there a spot you guys have that gaming hut, but is there a spot on campus where you could maybe create a player's lounge? No, not right now. Put put a wall up in your office and put a console on the other side and boom, you have a player's console that comes with a PS4 and they can sit there and play video games anytime they want. I don't think you understand. You throw like a Coke machine in there, like four Sprites sitting on the ground in the container. You've been walking through the uh, the football offices at Iowa State too much here lately. You're completely correct. Yeah, I can tell. But I think you can market it to your AD pretty well. Yeah, I don't think so. Not a chance in hell. You have any player, any any sport use it. Not a chance in hell, but... Just say know. it's the unanimous sports lounge presented by Women's Bullet. If we only got some money out of it, I would, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you can charge players to use it, but that's kind of like real shaft of the deal. <laughs> well, that's the price you pay, boys. So Okay, so I guess we've now arrived on put a wall up in your office, put a sign on the door that says $1,000 entry gaming lounge. I like that. And at the worst case scenario, you got to sit there and watch someone play video games for nine hours. I like and, that. And they pay you 1000 bucks. Yeah. So that idea works, but the one I, I said, like, no. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> no. I'm just trying to give you excuses. I I don't need excuses right now. I can't. I can't. Well, you, what you need is recruiting tools, and that's a good one for you. No, recruiting tools include not that. Okay. Well, then don't even don't even bother offering me. I'm going to somewhere else. And that's fine because I can't offer to, to males. This podcast could take two directions right now. I'll go the, go the uh, safe route and just say, what, what are you looking at in racing this week? Well, um, another, another good weekend in drag racing. I'm excited to see back to back to back. The, um, the top the ratings they've ever had on Fox. Yeah, unbelievable. That's huge. That's unbelievable. Imagine not going up against NASCAR and getting the best ratings ever. And the crazy thing about it is they, um, they had football to deal with. Yeah. You're right against the NFL and they still put up a big number and it was just, when, when was the broadcast Damon? Educate me a little here. As far as the time wise, was it Sunday afternoon? Yeah, Sunday afternoon. God damn, I'm shocked. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Um shortly after the shortly after the um noon football game. Yeah, so for all the NASCAR fans, and, and I'm sorry because I've been ping ponging and this is gonna sound hypocritical to what I've said in the past. Everyone complains about how late the start times are and, oh, you're at a track without lights and you have this late start time and now there's rain. Now we have to postpone the race to Monday, which, by the way, Monday. Whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out. Before you go on this tangent, the race itself did not start at three o'clock. 
Well, yeah, right. It's the broadcast. The, the race itself started it's out. All that. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. I, and okay. We've talked about that. Just put the finals on live. Make sure Damon can't text me and say this is what happens like a douche. I absolutely Don't ask. You asked what was going on in drag race, and I answered. I was trying to say, like, I'm watching the race. Do anything well, but that spoil. out fast. Do anything but spoil what's going on. You got to get that out faster. Um, it's okay. I'll, I'll tell you what Zach did to me, like, six months ago. Uh, that was <laughs> far worse than that. But anyways, um, yeah, so you, you postpone a race to Monday. And in my opinion, okay, if you're at a good job, if you're at a, shouldn't say good job because that kind of gets people thinking the wrong thing that I'm thinking. If you have a good boss and you say, I want to take a mental health day or, <coughs> pardon me, or a sick day or something. Boy, that was have, perfect timing for that cough. Right, exactly. Uh, and you want to take one to watch the NASCAR race, then do it. I would think if I'm a good boss, I would just let my employees have the race on at their desk. That's just me. That's how I would do it, right? You know, anything. If you can tell me how important the event is to you, yeah, go for it. Watch it. I don't care. But those Monday afternoons, like when NASCAR is on and it's kind of cloudy outside, not too sunny, not too cold. Oh, I love it. That is like my favorite time to watch a race. It's like the, the everything outside is dead. It's just you and NASCAR on the television. I love that time. But there's a big contingent, a large contingent of NASCAR fans out there that hate how late the start times are, but love looking at the TV numbers and going, that's a big number, yay. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't, I'm sorry. It's one or the other. You either get that big number with the optimized TV spot, and that's why so many raises are moving to that day. Saturday, Bristol didn't do very well, and the people that did watch it, the race wasn't good. The race was chaotic for the wrong reasons. The race wasn't good. If you like chaos, I'm sure you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in the moment, but I also realized there was not too much racing going on at Bristol. That's one of the few Saturday night dates like remaining on that schedule because the optimized TV numbers are Sunday in the middle of the day because everyone's home and no one's doing much. And your NFL team probably already embarrassed you or waited to embarrass you until Monday night on ABC at 7.30 against the Philadelphia Eagles with a joke-ass quarterback that they have back there. Sounds like a personal problem to me. I'm just, no, no, it's okay. Um, I guess as far as the, the TV stuff goes, I am a proponent, especially in the middle of the summer of the 11 o'clock noon start times for races. You not care about NASCAR ratings? The, let me get to my point. I'm just saying. Is... We we get to a point where we are trying to trying to cater to a certain number of people. And so this was all to cater to the West Coast. And the numbers that were coming are coming in anyway. The highest ratings are still from 
on the east side, on the east coast. They're still coming in from the North Carolinas. They're still coming in from the Virginias and the areas in quote unquote NASCAR country. And so time out, time out. Do you care about the number being big? Don't roll your eyes at me, young man. I can do what the hell I want. No, 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 no. I'll hang my ass up and go home. Damon's fixing to get fired. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Dave Portnoy and Barstool have already done that bit too many times. I can't. I can't do that. I feel like I'd be copying somebody. Um, Do you want? Do you want the number to be bigger, or do you want to have the race at eleven? Like, that's just the thing: is more people will watch it. And when you have your kickoff event at Los Angeles Coliseum, and you outdraw UCLA by seventy thousand, that's a perk you get is that people there are watching NASCAR at the times you want. I think you should move to California, Damon. No. Shop around for a Pac-12 bowling job. They stink at every single sport. If you go to the Pac-12, I guarantee you they'll be like, I'm blown away with this guy's resume. Move to California. Not going to do that. Well, then the race can be on when you want it on, and you can be a bowling coach. Here's the conference of champions, so you really... No, <laughs> don't care. Not moving to California. <laughs> I thought I really had you in a pickle. No, not moving. All to right, California. Give me your counterpoint. The, the thing about it is we haven't really had a race in the noon time slot in like five years. Because that's, that's where the optimistic TV numbers are not living. That was prior to the, the resurgence of NASCAR. Right. So why can't we try it to see? We haven't done it. We haven't done it in a long time. Have a race start around noon and see what the numbers are. I swear to God, they've had one at least because people people were praising it that day. Yeah, I feel like for sure. Not if we have, it hasn't been this year. Yeah, I don't think it was this year. I think it was years past. Maybe it's COVID. Well, I that I don't. I don't know how much you can take into account for coat on. The I know program. that one was weird too. Cause it's like a midweek race middle of the pandemic should have done well, but people, you know, for whatever reason, aren't they weren't social distancing those losers. I'm just kidding. I swear. I, I hate that term as much as you do. The guy grimacing while he's listening, my bad buddy. Um, but that those numbers don't make any sense. The only thing that has constantly worked and everything they've tried has lowered the number. The only thing that's constant is Sunday afternoon. And if you show me that NHRA had the biggest numbers of all time on Fox on Sunday afternoon, it kind of leads me to sit here and believe that that has to be the best time slot. And that's why all these races kick off Sunday later in the day, as opposed to an 11 a.m. IndyCar start. Watch IndyCar more. If you want the races on Sunday morning, watch IndyCar more, Damon. They have like eight races that start at that time. No. No. Loser mentality over here, man. Yeah, well, I I you can just say you can just say you don't like you don't like excitement. You just like cars going in a straight line, and that's that's your typical (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I love you. They go fast. 
one thing Damon is not, it's a hypocrite. He will, he will lead you down the path and then he'll be like, yep, you're exactly right. Nothing Absolutely. to say about it. Not nothing, nothing to hang and be ashamed about. Absolutely. 100%. Cars that go fast and straight and look cool as shit. You're going to watch me be the first one in the stands. Damon is the straightest guy on this podcast for sure. More ways than not. <laughs> All right, I almost hit pause. My bad. Um, let's let's go through our uh, picks for uh, NASCAR's round of eight because I think we would have, which would I probably would have picked Austin Dillon in the next round, but I probably wouldn't have picked Kevin Harvick uh, to play off the Chase Elliott fans. But I feel like we would have gone the same as Gluck and Bianchi did and gotten one out of three. Oh yeah, we covered it on the last podcast. I'm remembering it now. Yeah, I would have gotten one out of three. They're, the ones that got eliminated, I would not have. I, for sure, I would have taken at least Kyle Busch and probably Kevin Harvick. So, um, who are your locks right now? Locks for sure. Like Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Or, I'm, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. I was re, I was opening a tab to pull up the standings, um, and I yeah. saw a headline that involved Harvick, and that's why I said his name. But uh, no, for sure it'll be in my picks. For sure, have Larson and Elliott, um, and another. I think another Sherlock is Joey Logano as well. My are are my three, my three for sure is advancing on. I think I would be comfortable in taking Logano. I think so too. Let's talk, uh, pick one guy you want to talk about and, and say why he won't make the next round. He won't. Yeah. I think it, uh, I'm going to go with, with Ross Chastain here. Okay, um, I'd agree that he's on my list. Not because of my disdain for him, but because of the fact that I think you've got Texas upcoming where it's hard to pass. You've got Talladega upcoming, which he did win there in the spring, and you have the Roval. But out of those three races, Ross Chastain hasn't made any friends here lately, and I have a feeling, just a, a major hunch, that this will be about the time somebody's going to uh, – someone's going to pay back Ross for what happened earlier this year with him. And so I think, uh, I think Ross's Cinderella season comes to an end. Yeah, if he didn't get payback at uh, Bristol, he's definitely getting payback at the Roval. Um, I'm absolutely with you. And not to just go after track house racing. Um, and the points, like, they don't tell you much. The only thing they tell you is Chase Elliott's going to be pretty safe, you think, as long as he doesn't have a round like he just had. Uh, that was troublesome uh, for him and, and his fans. Uh but I think Daniel Suarez is going to be out as well. I don't think he can beat Chase Elliott at the Roval. Um, Chase Elliott doesn't have a fight with Kevin Harvick to worry about at the Roval. I think if everything that I think is going to go the way it goes, I, it would lead me to believe Suarez gets eliminated too. See, I, I actually have Suarez being my last guy in uh, right now. I think that... Uh, I think with them going to Texas, um, it's a place that Suarez has run well. That's where he's got his first career poll. Was at Texas at Stewart Haas. I didn't know that. Okay. 
Yeah, his his first pull was with Stuart Haas at uh, at Texas, and so I am I'm gonna say Suarez. Uh, I think that was his first pull, first or second, but um, did get a pull at Texas. I, I think Suarez gets in uh, with with Chastain falling out of it, and I think Blaney goes out as well. I know Blaney's really good at Talladega, and so that's a a risky pick there. But just the way that the way that this season has gone for Ryan Blaney, uh, I think he falls out of the top eight currently. And so that's where I think Suarez gets in. See, I don't think Blaney, I think Blaney's going to the next round for sure. Um, I think he's too good to be eliminated. I also would put pretty, I'm just, I'm just going to launch it and put big money on Blaney. Bubba Wallace, and then I'm going to look at the odds and pick one more, two more crazy ones, maybe parlay a couple top 10. I'll, I'll bring back a betting video for that. If you guys want betting videos, uh, tweet me and, and tell me that you want them because I stopped doing them because they just weren't getting much play. No one, uh, and you know, I wasn't hitting every week and I wasn't picking unique bets to hit every week. So if I brought them back, it would be to, uh, people saying they want them back number one but number two would probably be different bets that are like more likely to hit like a group winner or something the issue kind of is that everyone's on different stuff FanDuel's partnering with knoxville now we've worked with DraftKings. we've worked with uh in cyclone fanatic with wild rose casino up in jefferson uh circa with chris's kxno show and stuff like that and everyone's on different platforms and that kind of sucks um in terms of like the group stuff because they're all going to have different things um so you know it, it maybe i would download like four apps and be like this one this one completely missed here they have a group with uh jeff gordon uh marcus ambrose damon give me <laughs> give me two other field field fillers trevor bain yeah Tre <laughs> i think we're just shitting on people now <laughs> Trevor Bain and uh, Boris, said. Boris said, you know, and it's like, yeah, of course, Jeff Gordon's going to win that every week, whatever track it would have been at. Um, so maybe, maybe that will be the future of those. But I, I think Blaney has a great shot to win at Dega. Yeah, I do too. That's why I think it's a risky pick otherwise, but I think outside of Talladega, uh, yes, he won the all-star race at Texas uh, as well, but boy, I just, I, the way the season has gone for Blaney, I have a hard time uh, advancing him on. I know he's been consistent, but boy, he's just not put together wins. And I think this, this round is going to be different than the last one where we saw three non-playoff drivers win. Um, I, I foresee this one being more um, playoff driver centric, especially towards the front. Do you, do you have Chase Briscoe moving up? No, I do not. I don't either. Okay, so we got Briscoe and Chastain that we agree on. Who's your last one? Out or in? Out. Uh, so with with Blaney and Chastain and Briscoe out, I've also got Cindric out. Okay. Um, I want to pick Cindric in because he's been solid, but I don't have I, – I, you know, Christopher Bell was the best driver in the first round. 
Um, Austin Cindric is not out racing Denny Hamlin. He's not out racing uh, William Byron, uh, and he's not out racing his teammate in Joey Logano. And I do believe Ryan Blaney can get his first one of the season at Talladega. So for that reason, I am putting him out uh, outside the playoffs. And then my my fourth one, I guess, uh, yeah, Briscoe, Suarez, Cindric, Chastain, and I got Bowman going in. I think he's yeah does he backdoor himself in the wind sometimes yeah but you have to be racing in the top five to do that that's what alex bowman does well and and here's the thing is it he's not far out he's six points out you know that's right like every 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 guy with playoff points is right around each other right blaney bell and hamlin are only four to the good right now so um you know, I, I that's why I think Bowman gets in. I actually have Bowman ahead of Suarez getting in, um, in in seventh, going to advance on, and um, because I think have I you broken think, down the stage points. No, I haven't. How broken many down stage, stage points is Bowman going to have? I do think Bowman's going to get quite a few stage points. Okay, so um, are we looking at twelve out of a possible forty? Are we looking at sixteen? I would say I would say around the the 16 to i would say around 12 to about 18 i'm gonna come back and clip this when it's directly at 17 yeah um i would say that's kind of where i think that they're gonna do a lot more point racing because i think they realize especially at the three tracks coming up that they don't have a lot of pure raw speed so i think that um you know they're going to I think they're going to do a lot of point racing and that's something that Greg Ives has been really good at throughout his entire career as a crew chief, um, is, is point racing. Do you think as far as surprises go, what do you have a bold prediction for this round? A bold prediction for this round? Yeah, I, I can go first if you want a little um, time to think of it, but I think Yeah, the, I'll let you go first. I, I mean I, I said it in my prediction there, but all the Hendrick guys make it through. Oh I yeah, I have that too. Yeah, with with a chance to all four cars in the final four, like uh I think Joe Gibbs got close to years ago, um, that they brought that up on the uh athletics uh teardown podcast, but I really think the Hendrick guys are on top of their game. Uh, they don't have a weak spot as like Stuart Haas has hardly any speed, right? When it comes to being a top tier team, um, Richard Childress's guys are out. So can't look at that too much. Um, and then you look at Joe Gibbs and it's like, okay, well, Kyle Bush is out. There's your flagship. Your best driver in round one was uh, Christopher Bell, which could be argued as the fourth best option at JGR. So like, where's, where's the priorities there? Um, I think Denny Hamlin's switching uh, pit crews. This Correct. In, in, in Kyle Bushes. Yeah. So at least Denny's got that. That's good going for him. Right. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, it, it's, the only thing on all cylinders is Hendrick Motorsports. And you don't even have to be winning races to be hitting on all cylinders. They're just hitting on more than everyone else is. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I guess my, my bold prediction, it's going well out on a limb though, is I think Suarez gets in because he wins at Talladega. 
Um, that's, that's way I have not seen anything out of Daniel Suarez to tell me that he can win in a plate track. Don't doesn't matter. I, I understand. I, I, I don't think it's that much of a wild card though. I think you have to Ross be Chastain won a car that didn't have that ran up front for all of ten laps. That that was some luck, and there is some lucky races. I I understand you can get a lucky race a mile and a half, but I think you have to be skilled enough. How many lucky Daytona winners do you have a year? Talladega winners, one. There's one at most. I remind me a year where, where there's been two. Maybe the year Justin Haley won, where Landon Castle's crew chief told him to pit with freaking rain coming, and Justin Haley won the race instead of Landon freaking Castle because his crew chief told him to pit like a damn idiot. My my issue is every every guy every team Landon Castle drives for the people around him stink. They stink like sour milk, old socks, cheese that has been sitting on your porch for three weeks that you forgot to clean up after a tailgate or something of another. It's ridiculous. Damon is falling asleep on his chair listening to me to rant about this. Landon Castle's a great driver. Someone put him on a good team. I'm tired of him working with people that stink. You're making this really hard to not lose my shit i just want alan gustafson to crew chief for or yeah crew chief for landon castle oh my god well kurt kurt is into the zoom right now would you like to bring him on i was just finishing my point on go ahead the suarez going to to win talladega i do think that he finds his way into the front there has been multiple lucky winners at talladega and daytona in the same season trevor bain did it as well as brad keselowski driving the zero nine car it is possible. different seasons i want to point that out far different seasons are you sure it was not 2011 that that's when trevor bain won the 500 that was not when brad keselowski won it was before that okay so then brad won it in 2010 okay because that 2000 that 2009 year i believe was the year either before or after brad won in the 09 cars probably the year before and that was the year of the big wreck and also that jeff gordon wrecked his pepsi throwback car and i cried in the stands on lap seven at talladega well, I did the same I thing you've been doing all night, saying I want to go home. I bring. I'm about ready to. <laughs> I, I've got. I've got food waiting over there that I need to eat. And now you should have just eaten. You're just talking about Landon Castle and the fact that he's on bad teams. Irrelevant. He's not on bad teams. No, he's not on bad teams. He's surrounded by bad crew chiefs. He's mired by bad crew. Irrelevant to the conversation. Very relevant to Landon Castle. We're an Iowa racing podcast. You don't want me to bring up Landon Castle? You wanted a bold prediction. I gave you one. Daniel Suarez wins Talladega book it. Okay. And now joining us will be uh, Kurt. All right, guys. We are now joined by Kurt Schrader, driver of the number 15C, right? Uh, SLMR late model um in that regional series uh we love kurt he, he runs the uh, always race day sticker so he's a team ard guy at least when chris gets some of the sticker 
Um, I was just telling Kurt that Damon and I have gotten in multiple arguments. So my first question is, uh, Landon Castle, do you think that he's been mired in his career by bad crew chiefs in NASCAR? Um, I can honestly say I don't know because I don't really pay attention. That's fair. To That's fair. If I told you that he oh, did, would you believe me? I probably believe you. Yeah. You All right. Suck it. Think That's it. See, this is the thing. This is the thing. He guilt trips all of our guests into believing him. It's ridiculous. We'll have our normal questions for you later, uh, Kurt, but obviously uh, you, you wanted to, and we'll get, we'll get into the nitty gritty stuff. Um, but, but you wanted to come on and, and talk about the tire situation at Knoxville. You guys were running faster hot laps than the Lucas oil dirt lay bottles. Yeah, we're on a harder tire. Um, they were on LM thirties, which is softer. We're on 55s. Um, when the track gets like it was for those guys in hot laps, it's all, it's pretty slick and about taking rubber and those tires get a lot of heat in them and they just pretty much start melting. Um, yeah. And that's what so, the safe, there were safety concerns from uh, Tim McCready did a video with us and was very, very concerned with how safe the track in the conditions of everything would be before they did the 90 minute track work. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is when you're going around Knoxville, um, isn't so much rear tires. It's the right front tire there. Those cars are so hard to pin down on that right front tire that that right front tire blows out. You're just in the wall. There's no, no saving it. Um, I think it was Thursday night that happened to Brandon Overton when he was leading the B main. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think with just a couple laps to go right in the middle of turn three and four, he blew a tire and it hit the wall. Um, you saw, you saw that even with the 55s and Kyle in our race, Kyle Burke was leading. Um, he hit a piece of debris that was left over from a wreck and blew his tire out and hit the wall coming out to wreck that car pretty good. So when you're at a fast track like Knoxville and the track is, the way it was with those soft tires um they they get hot they melt they just go away and it can be bad what uh and this is kind of my question that i didn't have answered um by any of the drivers and i probably only asked it to tim and one other but what who decides what tires the supers run on and why didn't they pick a harder one i assume the answer to the second question is the hoosier shortage um yeah so usually the sanctioning body chooses the tires. Yeah. That's, that's what I figured. So, so that, Lucas oil in that case. And that would lead um, me to believe that there's not any, does, is it any harder tire would be more beneficial at a track like Knoxville? Like if you go up to a 40, I don't even know if that's like a real size. Cause there's so many that I've never bothered in, you know, memorizing it because they change every week and what you're allowed to run changes at every racetrack with every series, with whatever you go and do. Yeah, so <clears throat> Hoosier has lots of different compounds. They got 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 55s, 1300s, 1350s, you know, just all different compounds. So the jump from 55 to 1300 is definitely. <laughs> I yeah, <don't... laughs> a 1300s a softer tire. So like, right, got it, got think it. of it as think of it as 10s soft, 40s hard, 55s hard, and got then it. they have the third series which is 1300s up to 1350 so 1300 soft 1350 and depending on what region of the country you're in is 
the type of tire that you run. So like UMP country, Illinois, they're on a lot of twenties, thirties, and forties. Okay. Um, we're technically SLMRs. IMCA country, right? In the same venture. Yeah. So IMCA SLMR, we're all on 55s. You get down South, they're on the 1300s to the 1350s. And it's just, that's one of the problems with the tires right now is there's so many different compounds that Hoosier can't keep up with them. That's one of the reasons that going to the standard tires next year should help with that. But um, getting back to the question. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're good. So getting back to the question. Yeah. Lucas oil decides the compounds. What they try to do is match it to the region that they're racing in. So most of the open shows that you've seen come through Iowa at Davenport a lot, they're all thirties and forties. Um, I think the silver dollar nationals, I think they were on thirties and forties also. And so the thirties seem to be like the prevalent tire this year in the area. So I'm guessing that's why they went with the thirties. Okay. Um, and in the same kind of vein of it, I've heard every late model driver I've talked to is in favor of the new rule. Take me as well, but the casual fan into what the new tire rule, which is being called like the national tire late model rule or something like there's a four letter acronym. I just did five. If you take late model out yeah. of three, so I don't think I got it right, but they're putting a new rule in next year that most of the sanctioning bodies have already agreed to, at least World Valas and Lucas have. I'm sure Race XR will get onto that as well. But take me through like what that entails and are you excited for that or not? Yeah. So first off, I am excited for that. Um, and the reasons are kind of what I just talked about is all the different compounds they have, you know. 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 55s, 1300s, 1300s. And I can get ex- if you're if you're a national lay model team and you got to have all those in your arsenal, like where do you keep them? That's the, that's the problem, you know, and that's what they talked about at their press conferences. Say, say there's a Lucas Oil team that's at a race in Pennsylvania, okay, and the tire rule there is 1300s or 1350s. That race gets rained out, and maybe there's a World of Outlaw race not far away in West Virginia. Well, maybe that's a 20s, 30s, and 40s race. Well, this Lucas Oil team may want to go there, but they don't have tires. So they got to figure out, call Hoosier and say, hey, can you have these tires for me when I get there? And then they got to do all the work to the tires. Well, now with this new tire rule, they should only have to have these new tires in their trailer and they can pretty much go from one race to another. And that should be the that they're running. Yeah, and, and some people I know might not be concerned with like, oh, hey, you're going to a complete different region to race. That doesn't happen too much. Ryan Gustin, because of his obligations, raced at his home track on Wednesday night, drove overnight to Pennsylvania, made the World of Outlaws show on Thursday at Williams Grove. That's like a 16-hour drive. Like, that's the kind of lengths people will go to, uh, both to support their home state, like a great Iowan like Ryan Gustin will, um, but also, you know, go chase your dream and race on the national tour, which, you know, Chris has been preaching this for years. I wish it was an easy thing to accomplish and make a big, like super national tour that's racing at least two weekends out of every month. Um, I don't think it'll happen soon. I've not heard like rumors about that. I'm not trying to tease it, uh, but that's just the state of what late model racing is right now. 
Yeah. And I can kind of speak for myself is, you know, there are some MLRA races, some Mars series races that come around to Iowa that I would honestly like to go race, you know, just go race, have fun, try a different track, try a different series. But that requires me going out and buying all new tires that I don't have inventory of right now. You know, I have a garage full of 55s. I have some 30s um, because we can run 30s once in a while on SLMR on our front, but I don't have 30s and 40s and 20s that I would need to go buy to get those. And then I'd have to buy those demount tires that I already have mounted, mount those up, do all the cutting, the siping and grinding. So it, it's just a lot of work to maybe go run one race because you want to race an MLRA race at Burlington or something, you know? Um, so in that case, I decide not to go to that race and just s- stick with what I have because, you know, that's just what I have, what I have time for. So. So Kurt, with, with this new rule going into place, and you had tweeted out that you've got, the inventory uh, at home right now that basically these tires become irrelevant. Is, is there anything that you guys have been told from Hoosier that you can do with those? Or are you going to try to, to, to sell them? How do you guys go about that? Because like you said, you've got a whole inventory of tires that I'm sure you've, you've tried to keep well for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm not a person that puts brand new tires on every time I go race until now because <laughs> I have a bunch of new tires in the garage and I have actually have more new tires in the garage and I have races remaining for this season. So I'm putting new tires on the car every time I'm going racing now, just so I can use them. How much is that performance wise, performance wise, how much has that made a difference? I don't think it has. I mean, oh, okay. I, I, awesome. It's like hockey team. I mean, yeah, I mean like I like to say, I like to think I'm pretty easy on my tires. Um, I don't you're, have, you're not Bobby Pearson. Yeah. I'm not blistering my tires and spinning them out. Um, and you know, um, I, I don't have a problem running one or two race old tires. Um, I have a bunch of those in my shop right now that I'm not using just because I have new ones. Um, but getting the Damon's question, like it's going to be up to the different series. Like I fully expect SLMR to give us a grace period and say, you can still run these 55s for maybe like the first month of next year. Um, I'm sure IMCA will probably do something similar for their guys um, just because there is going to be those people that have those tires. But the problem is if we're on thirties for SLMR, for example, we don't, I don't know what we're going to be on. Actually, we have a meeting this weekend before the Davenport race. Joe's going to have it earlier driver's meeting kind of talk about stuff like that for next year. But say we're on thirties on all four corners. I put a 55 on, I'm at a disadvantage because it's a harder tire. So even though I have the opportunity to run it for a month, doesn't mean I'm gonna, because I'm putting myself at a disadvantage right away. Just right. because. Of- right. So, so- I, I guess my next question to follow up with it, you know, talking on the IMCA side, does this, or will this, and how will it affect some of the, the other series, you know, your modifieds, your, your other, um, your other type of series that run on some other, the weekly basis as well. Um, I don't think it's going to affect 
the modifieds because this is only a late model thing. Okay. Um, and I know at their press conference, it's not, this is what for like the, the series and the people who use like their super late model tires. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some crate series down South that have like their own version of the tires. And I guess they're going to keep those the same for now. They want to do some more studies and see how this works out for the super late models before they move to the crates. So I don't think it's going to affect those guys right now. Um, Cause in the modified world, the modified stock and the stock cars and the sport mods pretty much all use the same tire. I think, um, mm-hmm. I know modifieds and sport mods do, I'm pretty sure the stock cars do. And it's not like the late model world where there's a bunch of different compounds, a bunch of different tread patterns. It's a pretty common tire throughout. Um, so I don't think they have the issue that we do, you know, like, getting back to our tires, like the 55 that we run is a pre-grooved tire that has blocks that are about three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch, you know, the thirties and the forties, they have blocks that are about an inch and a half with a, with what I'll call a guide cut through them that, you know, you can use to cut them into a smaller block and stuff like that. But a lot of the series allow you to cut them however you want where with our 55s and SLMR, we're not allowed to do any extra grooving or siping to them. So that's a big difference too. in our tires is the kind of like tread patterns and stuff like that. Whereas the modified stock cars, sport mods under IMCA all have the same com- compound and uh, groove pattern. Gotcha. Yeah. I, it was, it was something that, you know, I knew it was a strictly a late model, kind of thing, but I didn't know if because of all the different, um, changes going on, if that would affect any of the other series. So good to know. So Kurt, yeah. you're, you're ninth in SLMR points, uh, right now, a uh, couple of races left to finish out the season. Do you have any goals? Um, I, I think I'm 10th in the West and I'm ninth in the East. Um, okay. honestly, I would like to finish ninth in the, in both of them. Um, I would, you know, stay in the top 10, which is fine. Um, I had a three, three race stretch mid season where I had a, some electrical issues with the car and it took me three races to figure it out. So that kind of hurt me. I was probably on pace to be comfortably in ninth, maybe eighth. Um, you had some holler too, right? Yeah, I had some. I had hauler issues, but that didn't make me miss races or not. Okay, um, I didn't know sure if it was good or not. I just heard that you saw me at Knoxville, which I I'm yeah. not happier to see any soul at Knoxville than when I turn around and see Kurt walking around the pits, and he's just like, "This is why I'm here." <laughs> I'm like, "This is awesome." <laughs> I'm sorry about your hauler, but good to see you. Yeah, yeah. No, I had some hauler issues earlier this year. Uh, guy I raced with that was also a client of mine and we sponsor each other's cars, uh, borrowed me his truck for a weekend to use. So that was nice. Um, who's, who's that? Yeah. Give him a shout out. So I know Kirby Schultz, he drives the 17 car. Gotcha. Okay. And Marquise. So that was a huge help. Um, but yeah, um, we just had some electrical problems. It was a weird thing. We raced at Donaldson on a Friday night, ran pretty decent. 
went over to Harlan for their race Saturday night and in time trials, the car just died and then got it working for the heat race and it ran fine. And then about halfway through the feature, it died again. And so I didn't do as good as I liked you there. Um, and then I think the next night was I 80 for the silver dollar national version of our race. And I had thought I'd fixed it, but the car would not run all night there. Then I did fix it. And we went to Corning for the East West race. And in the feature, there was a caution and the car just started acting weird again. And I pulled in and it just turned out my battery had gone bad. So it was just like a three race stretch where it was just electrical problems and electrical problems are hard to diagnose anyways. So. So, so Kurt, this series that you guys run into now, basically it was the, it was the Deary brothers summer series when I was a kid growing up and then they kind of split a different way and had bought, been bought out at, at different junctures. Do you like how the series is now kind of split and it gives you the opportunity to run two different schedules a little bit? Yeah, I do. Um, like where I live, I live in Newton. So I'm like, right in the middle of both series. So it makes it so I can run to the West and I can run to the East and they don't have any conflicting races. So I can go to both. Um, I'm the type of person who likes, likes to have a lot of races. I like to race 40 or more times a year. Um, so if I was just running one series, I'd have to figure out what else to do because there's about 20 to 25 races on each side. So that's not enough. Um, it's kind of like, um, yeah, so I just, it works out good for me to run both series. So, so tell me this, if I'm wrong, and then we'll get into the fun questions afterwards. But okay. when I, when I look at like different disciplines of dirt racing and, and how much guys work on cars and how much goes wrong and what you can do to avoid issues. I feel like late model dirt racing is by far the hardest series, not even series. Cause it's not, I'm not talking about one sanctioning body. I'm talking about the whole thing as a discipline, but it's the hardest thing to get good at. It's the hardest thing to improve your car. You know, I've seen too many people buy new chassis and like other problems occur and you know, results get better, but they don't get that much better. It's hard to, do anything to get a leg up on everybody because everyone's trying to and at the same time it's the hardest car to like think about mastering if that makes sense do you agree with that yeah um it's really um technology has come a long ways just in the years that i've raced and it's easy to dial yourself out like it's easy to like just do something and make the com car completely junk, you know? And so you got to have like a good baseline set up that you can always get back to because you have to try some things to make it faster. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to have a good baseline that you can always go back to that, you know, that's going to be decent, but it's, it's super easy with the shocks and the springs and all the holes that we can move bars to, um, to just get it completely out in left field. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Now you you are a big Iowa State fan, a big college football fan. What job do you think is harder? And that's is it running your dirt lay model team or being the head coach of the Nebraska University football team? Oh, 
that'd be easy. It'd be, it'd be harder to be head coach in Nebraska. Oh, I, I don't know about that, man. Are you saying Scott Frost should be a decent late model driver? No, I'm not, but. Okay. All right. Man, knowing, knowing the Nebraska history and their fans, that would not be fun to deal with. All right. Well, I need a headline for the podcast. So what job would be easier? Um, Here, I'll, I'll tell you a Nebraska story. Okay. Oh, I love that. Um, I know, you know, I'm a big Iowa state fan. Do you know that I played football for Iowa state? No, you've never told me that. I, I love that. Yeah. So I, I was a linebacker from 97 to 2002. The well, Alabama this, game this just changes everything. The Alabama game where we missed the field goal to beat them in Shreveport. That was my senior year, my final game. Well, hold on, Kurt. Um, you were a member of the last Iowa State football team to go four and up. Yeah. Yep. This has changed the entire trajectory. <laughs> I'm way more nervous talking to Kurt now. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we played at Nebraska. I think it was in my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year because that's when Seneca had his really good his second run was was Todd um, White there when you were in school no that was after me okay Sage Rosenfels yeah. Sage was there my junior year and then Seneca's first year was my senior year okay who's better between Seneca and Sage I don't know they're good you have to pick one you have to pick one to win a Super Bowl for you I can't pick one because <laughs> I know Sage from high school we I don't actually want you to pick one like don't <laughs> and Seneca's just a good all around guy. So like they were both really good at what they each uniquely did. Like they were different style quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Does it make, does it make you feel old? If I tell you that I was born right before your freshman college football season. I'm getting used to that. I'm starting, okay. I'm starting to accept that sort of thing now. So but anyway, so the, my Nebraska story was, this is why I don't like Nebraska at all. Okay. We, their, their visitor locking locker room is underneath the stadium and you have to like walk through the concession area to get to the field and their fans line that concession area as you're walking to the field to harass you and ridicule you. Someone spit on me as I was walking through there and that like unneeded uncalled for and just because of that, that's my reason for like not liking Nebraska. Like that was just totally uncalled for. Like ridicule me, harass me. Oklahoma State harassed me when we played down there because I got a penalty on a kickoff. You know, the student section was right behind us. They rode me the whole game. It was funny, but they didn't spit on me. So, <laughs> oh, is that okay? Well. That's a good reason to hate Nebraska. I, well, I think that's I think that's a little lame compared to the bullying I took in sixth grade the week leading up to the 2009 Iowa State-Nebraska game. I was told <laughs> on numerous occasions, like probably every day, at recess or lunch or between classes in sixth grade at Westridge Elementary uh, in West Des Moines, that Iowa State was going to lose to Nebraska 70-7, to and I was going to be crying by the end of the fourth quarter. And... Iowa State forced eight turnovers in that game, one nine to seven. And I don't think I've ever smiled as much as I did walking into class on Monday of the week afterwards. And my, my, my teachers year, all knew it. What's that? I think my freshman year, they beat a 77 to seven, something like that. It was pretty That's bad. not 2000s anymore. Nebraska hasn't topped four, <laughs> five wins in five seasons. So 
Yeah, I just remember that because I wasn't on the travel squad for that game and I was watching it back in my dorm and I was just like, uh, I don't even want to watch this anymore. Right. It's like, yeah, you kind of want to watch like to know what they're going to say at film, but, uh, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much why I kept watching because I was like, <laughs> this is brutal. So what was, what was it like playing for Dan McCartney? The guy's a great dude. He's someone that I've interviewed a couple of different times and, and someone that is just, uh, um, he's got a lot to say, whether you want to hear it or not, he's going to tell you what, what is, what's Mac like playing for? Um, he's, he is who he is. He's a genuine guy. Like, um, my favorite story from him is about six years after I was done playing. Okay. It was, he was no longer at Iowa state. Um, I think it was after he coached defensive line at Florida, I was flying to Oklahoma city and I was just walking through the Memphis airport. And all of a sudden I hear Trodes, and I'm like, did I just hear that? The only people that ever called me that were people in football. So I just kept walking, ignored it. All of a sudden I hear it again and I turn and he's sitting there at the little shoe shine booth in the Memphis airport, getting his shoes shine. And he just recognized me walking by. Like I was nothing special. I wasn't Darren Davis, NS Haywood, Seneca Wallace. I was just a walk on who earned a scholarship and played some, you know, I wasn't no one famous, but he still, recognized me and picked me out walking by in the Memphis airport. Did he, do just, any, did he do anything special to surprise you with the scholarship or was that a thing when social media came about? Um, well, no, I don't think it was like anything like, so, you know, like you see now, I think that's more social media stuff, but he didn't, pretend, like, to, he didn't pretend to call the cops on you or anything like that. No, no, nothing like that. It was just <laughs> a team meeting. Um, and then announced it in front of the team at the team meeting, you know, but it was still a surprise. Wasn't expecting it or anything. So. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Hey, some, sometime, can you, can you sit down with me for an hour or two and watch some film on Iowa state's defense and compare them to either hockey or dirt lay model racing? And yeah, I can do that. teach me a little bit. Cause I, I need to learn defensive scheming more. And I've talked to Jeff Woody about it a little bit. He's going to sit down with me too. But I, that, that's the one thing, like I can watch an offense and kind of understand the ins and outs, but I didn't play high levels of football. And when I was playing football, my, my job was figure out how to keep the defensive line guy in front of you. And simply put, I wasn't very good. So if the other kids sucked, I could do it pretty well. But if not, I didn't have the technique or anything to do it. And that was the only thing I learned about the game of football playing it. So schemes and everything like on the offense, like you can kind of learn from growing up and stuff, but defensively I'm like lost. Yeah. And the defensive scheme now is completely different than when I played. We, our defense when I played was modeled after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa two defense. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, four, three single gap. Like as a linebacker, you had this gap or that gap, depending on whatever way the linebacker was, it wasn't as complicated as it is now, especially with our scheme. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> that's the funny thing about like me watching football, especially like when I go to Iowa state games, our seats are in the second row of the upper deck. And I keep, I keep them there instead of moving because I like to sit up high because I can see plays. I'm, I'm a big proponent of the upper deck is upper deck is a better seat than the lower deck. Cause I can't stand the depth perception you lose uh, when you're yeah. lower. 
I just like to see how everything develops. Like you can see their alignments from up there and then you can see like things developing. And because I was so used to watching film all the time that that's what I, how I like to watch it. So. Yeah. That's a, that, that is, we sit on one of the ends in the lower deck, but we're up enough that I can still kind of see it. And it's, it kind of reminds you like that end zone cam that you would always get. So. Yeah. Yep. All right, Kurt, this isn't strictly college football and it isn't strictly racing. Um, maybe for public perception, it'd be better if you turned it into a college football question. But if you could pick one person to fight <laughs> that you've gone up against, who would it be? Jesus. The fight? God, I don't know if I'd answer that. I would take I don't a, think I, I want would, to. Maybe you just say Scott Frost and you, you walk away from this. <laughs> this I've seen I've, – I've seen – some pretty bad fights in practice. I saw Ennis Hayward break Justin Eiler's jaw one day in the rec center when we were practicing in there. So all <laughs> those people running along the track in the rec center and lifting weights saw this big brawl and then saw him get his jaw broke by the running back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fighter. I mean, that's just not me. I'm not, so, you gotta wait, you gotta wait for your opportunity. Just someone punches one of your friends and that, well, that like, so, you punch my friend. That's the reasoning. So it's funny. Uh, I know you, you know, Charlie McKenna yeah. real well earlier this year, we raced in rock rapids and then we're going to Norfolk, Nebraska. The next night we all went to Buffalo wild wings in Sioux city and we're sitting around <laughs> and Charlie asked me if I'd ever, cause he knows I played football and he asked me if I ever, did ultimate fighting or thought about doing ultimate fighting. And I was like, no, not really. And he's like, well, he's like, I think you'd be pretty good at it with, and I wouldn't mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So let yeah. me, let me flip the tables and who was the best teammate that you ever played with? Getting wholesome on me, Damon. Jeez. I, um, I had to change the subject. I, I got along with Ennis Haywood really well. Like me and him played on intramural basketball teams together and stuff like that. Um, he was, he was pretty, pretty good guy. Um, really. I mean, the, there were some guys that like you roomed with on the road and stuff like that, that you became pretty good friends with. Um, Are you still in touch so, with Ennis? No, he passed away. Oh, I'm, I'm stupid. I didn't even realize that he was on that list. There's been yeah, a he, uh, there's been a startling amount of yeah Dan McCarney players. I didn't realize he was one of them. Yeah, he uh, was in training camp for the Cowboys. A lot of people don't know this. He had really really bad asthma, and in practice, he always had his inhaler tucked into his sock, just in case he needed it. Like so that's know. rough. I didn't even realize that that happened. So sorry for bringing that up. No, that's, that's fine. I completely no, forgot. Yeah. Now it makes sense. I'm, I'm brain farting too much this week. I've that Ohio no, was so long that it has. Taken me. <laughs> Thank goodness yeah, no. that, that race got postponed to Sunday. I would have not, I probably wouldn't have made it. I would have passed out of the track. Yeah, no, there have been a, a large number of people that passed away. Unfortunately, that were in the McCarney years. So 
So, so going off of off of that, then with your teammates and stuff, do any of them follow you on the on the racing side now? Do you, do you kind of stay in touch with any of them, and they kind of catch up with you on the racing side? Um, yeah, there's a few. Um, we we have our little letter winners things every once in a while. Um, so like we keep in touch with those. And there's a couple that I know that live in the area that have come to the races and stuff like that. So, yeah. And cool. it's funny because like at the last letter winners thing, um, was talking to someone and found out he was a big race fan and he didn't know I raced and stuff. So that was kind of cool. So nice. So hold on, confirm something for me. Iowa state had like a, a dirt racing night at Jack Tri stadium. Was that when you played? Yeah. yeah that was when I was playing. Whose idea was that? I need to talk to them and I need to get it done now. I need to figure out how to twist Jamie Paul's on that. I have no idea who that was, but they, they'd have a bunch of people bring their cars. And I think the one year they rode, they drove them through the stadium around on that, on that little know, the yeah. pavement around uh, where the little camera rolls around most of the time. They drove them around there because the south end zone wasn't there. So they rolled them through there and out the south end zone. And then they parked them in the south end zone for like the tailgaters and stuff to check out. And then I think the next year they just parked them out there. They didn't, they didn't uh, drive them through. So, but unfortunately they got rid of that before I started racing. Could I get your endorsement on trying to get NASCAR to race at Jack Trice Stadium for their, <laughs> for their class race? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Everyone says I'm an idiot and I'm crazy for even suggesting <laughs> it, but I just want to point out that they had Nitro Circus there like two summers ago, and probably three or four at this point. My mom took us on a damn vacation to Mexico, so I wasn't in the country to see Nitro Circus <laughs> at Jack Trice. But I just want to say that you can put anything on there, because as long as they protect the sacred grass, which should be turf. Me and Todd Black, when I was in school, they had this. When I was in school, they had this huge uh, country music festival there. I don't remember who it is because I'm not a big country music guy, but I bet Chris would remember who it was. It was a huge thing. It was funny because Chris, Chris is a – did you know that people still use the, the music app Pandora? No. So Chris has like a 90s country uh, channel on there, and he can do like – he said he's done 137 songs in a row on there. And he was he was probably into the 40s on the way back from Jefferson, uh, or it might've been the, the day after uh, when we were further away, but he got like 40 in a row. And I think I knew like three of the songs. And I'm like, I, I thought like I knew a decent amount of country songs from, once I heard them, I would know what they were. I might not know the artists and the song, but I'm like, okay, well it's cause you're listening to the same Pandora station. <laughs> That, that was the issue when I had, when I was using that as a kid was that, okay, you have Mac Miller radio. Here's the same 26 songs, uh, probably the same sequence or close to, and then you start repeating and you're like, well, this is stupid. I'm going to go change to a different station. So maybe they've changed their algorithm or something, but dude loves his nineties country. Uh, that's the only thing he'll do. He won't do regular country. I bet. Yeah, I bet if you asked him what the big music festival was that was in Jack Tracks, I want to say it was like year 2000, maybe 99, something like that. I just remember huge stage was set up in the north end zone. 
because I remember being in the Jacobson building and looking out those big windows over the stadium and you could see that they were building the stage and all that. It was a pretty good, th- a pretty big thing. I don't, I just don't remember who the artist was. We'll have to, I'll, I'll text him after we get off and, and we'll see if we can pinpoint it before tomorrow when we put this out. But, um, shoot, I think that's why they're, they're building the, the side. What, what do you think about the name side town? I think it's pretty cringy. I don't like the name at all. Yeah. I saw like another name floated out there that I thought was better. Pollard and Lyle better. Like put Jamie Pollard's face on like Don't care. You know, I thought the whole. I think the whole project's pretty cool. Like, I, do yeah. too. I think, I think that would be amazing. Like I'm not a big tailgater. Like a lot of times I go to games, I get in there early cause I like watching pregame warmups, you know? Um, and then after the game, we'll go eat somewhere. So what did you think, think about be- the country music that used to play during pregame? Were you in there? I don't know if they, I don't think they still do it as much. They used to play just, it was Zach Brown band. They'd play Island song. They would uh, go back. They would play uh, When the Sun Goes Down by Kenny Chastain. They would, they would play all these like beach songs, like you were on vacation, <laughs> drinking a beer by the water. Yeah, I'd be looking at my friends like, this is like, some, this is not getting me when, to play a football game, but I, when, I love it right now. When it comes to watching football games and being there, like, I'm a total like football dork, okay? I'm not really paying attention to. That's oh, if you listen to the first part of this you know, podcast, okay. you're going to realize how big of a dork I am. Like I I'm there. I'm watching, I'm watching them do their warmups. I'm watching them like, you know, go through warmups and you know, that sort of thing. Like, like I'm a coach or something. It's stupid. Yeah. That's just oh, that, I'm, that, I, I'm telling you, you that is say- far less stupid than what I said, like 35 minutes ago. <laughs> I promise you, no, it's been listen to the whole that. thing. It's like probably a great, it's probably one of the best first segments we've done as long as you <laughs> like tangents. Yeah. It's, you're not the only one. Cause when I do go into the stadium, I do like to tailgate. I'm not going to lie to you there, but when I do go into the, into the stadium, I, I'm the same way in warmups. Like I'll watch cause we're, we'll sit on the, on the we're on the south end and so we're watching the visitors and so i'm always watching whoever we're playing and what what schemes they're running defensively and offensively and what what things we're seeing so i'm like the exact same way that you are just watching the the stuff and don't even realize what's being played around right exactly yeah i mean that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, oh go go watching football at watching football at home um, drives my wife nuts because I'll say something. And then the announcers on the TV will say it like two seconds later. <laughs> I'd be like, I used oh, to man, this really big, this really good block over here that you can barely see on the TV. And then also they'll show a replay and they'll be talking about it. It just drives, drives her nuts. <laughs> see, the only time I've done that before, but it was during the Paul Rhodes era. And I was like, watch this. It's, it's third and 12. They're going to throw a screen. And they'd throw a screen and they'd lose yardage. <laughs> the announcers yeah, would come on and be like, what, what was the screen for on third and 12? Why, why that was predictable. Behind the line of scrimmage. The Courtney Messingham special, boys. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, real, real quick, I'm, I'm nerding out on people. Racing fans won't get this. Uh, Will McLaughlin and Miles Mendezin, what do you think about those guys? Uh, I think Will McLaughlin's going to be a stud. Like, and I think Miles is going to be pretty pretty good too. But what I think once Will puts on some some weight, some muscle, 
because he's pretty lean and tall right now. Like he's going to be good. Just watching him the other day, getting some mop up time. Like he was pretty impressive in mop up time. So I, yeah. to, to play off that, I mean, I covered, um, the Hawkeye 10 football and all the sports over where, where he's playing out of Harlan and firsthand experience watching will play the guy's unbelievable, man. I mean, he's first step is great. And the fact that he's just, he's so football savvy and, yeah. and being, being the position he plays, he's going to be all right. Well, I think he almost had two sacks yeah. just in his little bit of time that he was in there and I don't remember, was he the one that caused the the fumble on toward the end? I think he, he might have been close to but he got a sack for sure. Yeah, but yeah, he was he he's he's fast, he's quick. He's gonna I think he's gonna be really good once he fills out his frame a little bit. Yeah. If you see yourself quoted in the Cyclone Fanatic article in the next couple of weeks, just know it's from this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tag you, I'll send it to you if I do. But I actually might. So uh, thanks for joining us. The last thing I have is if you ever win an SLMR race, the next one you win, will you commit to doing a unique celebration? And I want to hear your, your uh, choices first, and we'll all agree on one. But what, okay. what will your celebration be? We got to get you in a unique one that hasn't been done before. I will accept donuts on the dirt. That's that's like the NASCAR of dirt. I don't want to do You're that. Not I, don't wanna, I, don't wanna, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt a motor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. My um, luck is my luck is I'd over rev a motor and hurt it. Um, uh, I'd try the Carl Edwards backflip. You try backflip. Okay. I like this. Maybe, or maybe a front flip. Maybe not backflip, but I could do a front flip off my roof. All right. I like that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't find anything better than that. No, no, no be awesome. the, front, the front flip would be a big slap in the face to Carl Edwards too. Cause some people might say that a backflip is harder, but I feel like staring at the ground you're going to land on is more brain intimidating. Here's my problem. Here's my problem with the backflip. Okay. You're standing on the door facing your roof and then you're jumping up and I'm scared. My toes would catch on the roof. I agree. I think that's a lot that of people here. Uh, so I agree. So, that is, that yeah. is precisely why Damon and I have discussed this before, why we will never do backflips off the doors of our cars. No. Yeah. So yeah, I've thought that one out. It's the <laughs> one awesome. lacking. It's the one thing lacking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that we, that's never, why we can't do it. I've never done anything like that. When I've won a weekly show because it was a weekly show. I feel, I feel like now <laughs> this, is, big, this is just me. Race, like, I would do something. Some people think Clemson's arrogant because they storm the field every game. I've always been a guy that like, I was lucky to get to sit in the student section and be full of alcohol and run onto the field. And yes, is, is the way that Iowa state fans run on the field bad? Yes. Um, I've, seen a kid that fell over the wall because he's being trampled on basically uh bloodied his face up and this cop was going to go grab him and i grabbed him and pulled him with me and said come this way because 50 50 shot you get arrested at that point and i'm like that's not happening to this guy don't know this guy well i have a snapshot i'm good friends with him now 
and it's it's like yeah does does the way that the the field storming is done suck yes but i think part of it is because security is so apt to try and stop it even though they know it's coming yeah so i i, I would like to see less on that but i like just having fun no matter what yeah, so I, mean, I would not i would not scoff at you front flipping after a weekly show especially so, if someone got video of it win, winning's exciting and right. especially in racing where you can There's win one, one winner night. and 25 losers well you can win one night and then be completely lost the next night like you ask you ask mccready you ask davenport any of those guys they'll tell you it's highs and lows like you're on top here one day you're on the bottom the next day it's the and dallas stars yeah i mean i've seen that exact same way. i've seen that out of everybody you know i've won i won a race one night at des moines went to webster city took the lead was probably going to win it and had an ignition box go out and the car died and had to pull it you know and you see that all the time you know someone wins one night and then they crash or break a motor or something one night it's just it's a roller coaster so you get excited when you win like there's nothing wrong with that it's exciting that's what you're doing it for so if you win a weekly show god god willing i will be in attendance for it but i don't really race weekly shows anymore it's just, i do the because there's really no weekly stuff around here i'm sorry i let in a, a bad way there you, the next time you win a race do a front flip and give it <laughs> i will make sure that it gets posted everywhere that we can get it okay i will get it to australia i will get it to sprint car fans in australia <laughs> and they'll be like what the hell car is that where's the day Thank you guys. Uh, thanks, Kurt, for joining us. Uh, enjoy thanks the for rest of your me. weekend. Uh, four Crown Nationals are this weekend. Sorry we didn't do an in-depth preview or anything. I think there's too many question marks on who's going to win that and what it's going to look like uh, to do anything there. But hopefully you enjoyed this, and uh, we will be back Sunday night after the uh, next NASCAR playoff race uh, and hopefully uh, recap the entire weekend. Appreciate you all listening. Have a good one.